We live in a very competitive environment now that we have social media. You're constantly looking at everyone's highlight reels and you feel unworthy and insecure and insignificant. If someone has a success, like they can't take that away from me. You know, I'm not taking that away from them. And the mantra that I have actually up in my bathroom is what is mine will find me. And it, it is true. It's like if something is meant to be yours, it's going to find you. And if someone has success, that was always meant to be theirs. Thank you so much for coming back. I am so excited to introduce you to my next guest. Today's guest can be seen on Comedy Central's Corporate. She stars in the film Go Back to China, which premieres in the narrative competition at 2019 South by Southwest Film Festival. She's the lead and executive producer of YouTube's Red Youth and Consequence and can be seen in Marvel's Ant-Man, Netflix's You Get Me and Freeform's Stitches. She's most known for her online weekly show with 2.5 million subscribers and has sold out two North American tours as a stand-up comic playing comedy songs on her guitar. And what I personally really love about today's guest is that she's super honest, super vulnerable and has this incredible straight talking approach which is endearing, hilarious and I'm such a huge fan of. Her name is Anna Akana. Let's please welcome her to the show. Anna, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I'm genuinely so grateful because I've literally been a fan and a follower from a distance for so long. Oh yeah. And then I remember being backstage with you at the Streamies where we first met yeah. last year. and you just won and I won just after you I think so congratulations yeah. and I was and I was like oh my god it's Anna how do I <laughs> what do I say I was like I was like what do I say and then I was just like hey I love your videos oh, and yeah. so I'm I'm excited for this to to deepen our friendship and to get to know each other better. Same. I'm a big fan of what you do and the message you put out in the world and obviously we're very aligned on a lot of the things we like to dive into so I'm like yes this is exactly the stuff I like to talk about. Yeah, brilliant. And I love it. And and it's amazing because I'm going to start here because it is the day that I first met you. You mm-hmm. chose that day to come out. Yes, I did. Yeah, to yeah. and around <laughs> the same time to your friends and your family, to the online community on stage. Mm-hmm. It, you know and and you spoke very very deeply about it too at the same time what was that experience like i don't remember i just sort of blacked it out i wasn't expecting to come out it's only something that i'd recently sort of actually accepted and grappled with and i don't know like it's, i have this weird c- continuing thing where i get onto a stage and i don't know what i'm going to say and i sort of like just live in the moment and later don't remember what i said at all and my friends are always like that was great like did you plan that did you practice that and i'm like no i don't know what i said i'm going to walk to the internet <laughs> later to figure out what it was but um yeah it felt like a really good time to just say something meaningful if you have the opportunity to be in front of a lot of eyeballs yeah and yeah. i felt you did that you used the platform to to talk about a really important message. Yeah. And what I loved afterwards is the video you did with your parents. Oh yeah. I thought that was so brave and bold. I was Thank like, you. "Oh my god, how did that feel talking to your parents about it?" It was great. You know, my parents used to be so like typical Asian parents, very strict, very uptight, wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. And after my sister died, they've sort of like loosened up and really understood like, "Oh, we're all going to die. None of this actually really matters. We need to just live in love for our kids." And so they've been so great ever since, you know, understandably going through their and we had a hard time but now they're just very accepting very loving and have chilled out tremendously. Yeah, I definitely wanted to come on to that later as well yeah. and thank you for sharing it and just for everyone who's watching or listening right now this is how amazing Anna is. I said how do we make this really meaningful for you, for you? What do we talk about? And she goes I want to talk about death. I want to talk about <laughs> mental health. I want and I love yeah. that about you that you're just so 
you're you're so straightforward about what you want to talk about and then mm. you're able to make it hilarious oh, like you're you. you're one of the few people who can do that really well thank you and, and i really commend you and respect you for for taking it so head on Appreciate so that. i've got a long list of questions that i want to ask you today okay. uh, feel free to ask me more i'm sure it's going to evolve into a conversation but i i love asking specific questions because there's stuff that about you that blows my mind so one of the first things i wanted to talk to you about was Regarding what we were talking about, about coming out, like, yeah. what's your advice for other young people who are exploring their sexuality, who are learning about themselves in a climate that both is supportive and sometimes totally the opposite? Yeah. Like, it's like a weird time right now. It's like some it part is. of it's like it's everywhere. And then it's like, oh, well, no, you know, so how, how would you advise them and guide them? Wow. Well, I mean, I only have my one experience, but. So I, I am, you know, I used to think that bisexuality or homosexuality was like a pie chart and you either had to be the entire pie chart or a straight half and half. And so I always classified myself as not bisexual because I've only liked maybe a handful of girls in my entire life and I'm mostly attracted to men. And I had a a friend very early on in my teen years tell me like, I wasn't actually queer. I just wanted to be interesting. And it was like a cool thing to try to be interesting. And I'd had a lot of sort of like aggressive lesbians in my circle who were very discouraging of bisexuality and saw it almost as straight girls trying to like cheat their way into being interesting, like playing into the, the male gaze and the male fantasy. And so for me, I always internalize that as like, oh, they're right. Like I'm just doing this to sort of be cool. Like I'm not actually bisexual because if I am, I have to be, you know, half women, half men, it's cut and dry. It's black and white. And that's now we know that's not true. And it's also sexuality is incredibly fluid. A lot of my friends who are bisexual are like, sometimes I'm more attracted to men than I am women. Sometimes I'm more attracted to women than I am men. Honestly, if we expect to change as people all the time, why wouldn't our sexuality change with us? And so I think now it's like, don't get hung up on labels is something that really helped me not, not having to define myself in this one little box and take this one definition of it and just like fall in love with who you fall in love with. That's such a refreshing approach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who's listening to that and is in that stage of exploring it yeah. for themselves just finds that so much more like liberating yeah it's like a weight off your shoulder like you don't have to like tick a box yeah and, and it's yeah. like that's kind of how i guess we've always been like male or female like you know on on forms and papers that we all have to fill out fill out yeah and, and you have these ideas in your head of what that's supposed to mean and what that looks like based on the media you consume and it's like it's so much more complicated than that yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely and you're playing one thing i find fascinating about you and i and i we shared your intro earlier, which is unbelievable what you've achieved, by the way. It's incredible. Oh, like you. it's and it's so fun to watch for me. But you know, you're acting, you're 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 super artistic, you're a comedian. Like, were you always this talented? Like there's like oh, a million thanks. things that I don't know. I think I just get bored, honestly. Okay. Like if I do the same thing for too long, I'm like, this isn't challenging. I want to try something else. And so something that I've always just really found natural is to sort of rotate through art forms to like nice. tell different stories on different platforms. So I don't know. I think I just really like doing that. Yeah. Well, you do it well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I then found out that it was you and Ant-Man and that moment, I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, yeah, it's Anna. But it was just... Yeah, I think you do them all really well, though. I think that has to be said. Like, there's getting bored, mm-hmm. but then there's your ability to actually get great at it. Like, oh, where's that coming from? Like, because I get the part about, okay, I'm bored, I need a new challenge. Yeah. But how do you actually get good at that new challenge? I think, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really analyzed that part of it. I think cool. for me, it always comes down to just like, what do I want to say? And how do I say that in the best way possible? Yeah. yeah. No, cool. Yeah. I want you to analyze it more and come back. To I will. Like, yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. Now that you've posed the question, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Because- I love introspection. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'd love for you to do that because I do think that everything that you're working on, mm-hmm. it's it is. I get that boredom piece though, and yeah. I, I, I know you're a fan of flow state too. Yeah, right. And so when I hear you talk about that, I'm like, for anyone who doesn't know what flow state is, it's when your challenge matches your skill. And so if your challenge is lower than your skill, then you get bored. Mm. And if your skill is lower than your challenge, then you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. So you're always doing both. Yeah. So you've, that, you've figured that out. You know, you just got to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I just learned this now just outside when we were talking that you've actually, in one sense, in my opinion, because I've never really moved around as a young person, mm-hmm. in one sense had a challenging life of moving around a lot. Yeah. But you seem to have loved it. Tell, tell us a bit about yeah. that. So by the time I was six, I'd lived in over 13 states. Uh, my dad was a naval officer, or I'm sorry, a Marine Corps officer, a hoorah. Um, and he would fix jets. So he was like an engineer for jets. Um, and he was very much in demand. So every six months months to two years, we would move to a new place. And I loved it because I was like, oh, we're moving to this new place where no one knows me. I can try on this facet of my personality and see if I like being this person more or that person more. And there's a very high correlation between military kids and entertainment Mm. because you're so used to the turnaround, like the entertainment environment is sort of what you thrive in because you're so used to like this almost summer camp feel of I get really close to these people for six months and then I go away forever until the next production. Um, And so I always found it incredibly challenging and fun to be stimulated by different cultures and different environments and different people constantly. And I found it very fascinating to move to California because most of my life I was either thought I was white as a child because I grew up around all white people and had no idea, or I was in Asian countries and white people were the minority and would get bullied. So coming to California and experiencing like racism for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is so novel. Like, oh, this is so cool. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of my life I've just been like very used to change. Mm. That must have been, that's such a beautiful quality to have. Yeah. Right? Like, as in, we always talk about that, like, change is probably one of the hardest things for most people, but the fact that you had it ingrained into you, and you were always positive about it from day one. There was never a moment where you were like, oh, this is going to take some time, or I'm going to miss this friend that I just made. Yeah, I'll miss friends for sure, but then you you kind of get used to the idea that, like, oh, there's always something new to explore or experience, and then you start to look forward to it, because you also have no choice. (laughs) Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so nice as well, just getting to that point of recognizing, actually, I have no choice. Yeah. And life's kind of like that sometimes, where you're like, yeah, I don't actually have a choice. I've got to adapt. I've got to move on. Yeah, all you have is your mindset about whatever's going on. Mm. And what's really led to that? Like, what has helped you create the mindset that you have right now i so for anyone who's watching or listening as soon as anna came through the door today she just brought this like beautiful burst of energy like like i was just i was happy straight away Mm. i I was happier i was i was brighter i was just Mm. like i'm so looking forward to this and you know so you have that where's where's that coming from and and how have you Mm. worked on that yeah i would say it's been a like going through so much dark shit. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, sure. Okay, you can okay, cool. say what you want. Um, like going through death at such an early age and a mortality crisis at such an early age has made me realize like, oh, nothing is as bad as this. You know, it gives you a new reference level for just how bad things can get. And so, I mean, sometimes I still get frustrated if my printer doesn't work, you know, and you like scream and cry. But uh, I, I think ultimately I've come to realize like age is is a gift. 
And I know in LA, you know, we value youth and society values youth and like, and all that. But I don't know. I think age comes with such a beautiful wisdom and life is, is so long that we lose track of just how short it is, mm-hmm. um, that I've really been able to sort of cultivate, even like when bad things happen, I'm like, well, how can I turn this into the best thing that's ever happened to me? And I'll like physically write out, like when I went through my really bad, uh, breakup last year, I was like, okay, how am I going to make this like serve me in the highest way possible? And I literally made a list like a full two page list of everything I was going to do so that I would come out at the other side being so grateful that it had happened. What were some of those things on that list, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm going to write a movie. I'm going to like rediscover my spirituality because I'd been really disconnected from that for a while. Uh, I was like, I'm going to start a crystal collection. Um, I'm going to remodel and like redecorate my entire house. I'm going to like paint a lot. I'm going to do animated poetry. So I just like, yeah, it was like anything I can do to be grateful for this, let me put it in there. Wow. Yeah. And you've done a lot of that. I've done all of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. And I saw you at the start of this year, I think it was coming up with your vision board. Yeah. You were posting stories and I was loving it. I was like, this is so cool. Tell me about that process. I love vision boarding. Highly, highly recommend it for anyone. Um, it's just a macro view of what you want your year to be and put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day. Because for me, it's like I've been vision boarding every single year of my life and it's the reason I am able to achieve so much because you're constantly reminded of your long-term goals and that way every day you're executing whatever little action you need to take to get there. I think a lot of us get consumed with the idea of like, oh, well, I want to do this huge thing and that's overwhelming. And it's like, no, all it takes is 10 minutes a day every day and then you spent you know however many hours upon hours that year getting closer and closer to something that understandably takes a long time to achieve who is the first person that introduced you to this whole process of self-development personal growth oh, wow. spirituality I don't know. I think I was Buddhist for a time. Like, yeah, as a teenager, after my sister died, I like very deep dived into religious studies to kind of be like, is there an answer? Does anybody know? Um, I don't like the idea of a t- detachment in Buddhism as much um, because I feel like I understand what the principle is, but I feel like for me, detachment just holds such a different connotation. Um, but yeah, I think it was ultimately Buddhism. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was part of your upbringing. And no, Buddhism no. was not part of my upbringing. Oh, wow. Yeah, my parents okay. were Christian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Incredible. So you came across it yourself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Let's talk, let's talk about it. You've, you've mentioned it a couple of times and for the audience who doesn't have the background and I'd love for you to share it. When I, when I read about this and I looked at the letters in your book, etc. Mm-hmm. so you lost your sister when she was 13 years old to suicide. I mean, like, I'm just going to send loads of love, prayers to your family, to her oh, in, in this moment right now. And it's, I mean, I don't know what that feels like. I've never experienced that. I, I hope everyone listening doesn't have to, but we naturally know that it happens. Yes. Like, Tell me where you start when that happens. Wow. I mean, it was it was just such a shock at the time. So, like, I was 17, and she'd gone into a fight with every single person in my family and talked to me last. So I was the last person who saw her alive. And we fought, and I was like, I hate you. Get the fuck out of my room. And she, like, knocked a bunch of my shit over and, like, slammed the door. And it was Valentine's Day. So I, like, took a boyfriend out to, like, the park, and we were having a picnic and, like, talking about life. And all of a sudden, I was just like, I need to go home. And he was like, why? And I was like, there's something really wrong at home. I need to be home right now. And so we went back to the house, and 
there were paramedics and police officers and like a fire truck in front of our house. And I would just remember very like crystal clearly seeing her being loaded from a stretcher by two paramedics who were laughing about some joke that, that they'd told to each other. And there was an oxygen mask over her mouth, though she'd been dead for 20 minutes. And, you know, it's, it's such a surreal feeling where you're like, oh, I don't feel like I'm here. Cause then, you know, you're shuttled into a car and you're driven to the hospital and you're waiting in this weird, like pastel pink room with like flowers and happy faces everywhere. And then, you know, the moment the doctor comes in that it's bad because they won't look at you and they just sit down in front of you and they're like, oh, we, we couldn't save her, but you can go say goodbye to the body now. And there's a woman whose job it is to hug you. Just this strange woman in death rooms who will hug you to try to s- stimulate oxytocin in your body. Um, because if you hold someone for six seconds, you get a, like a big burst of, of that. And it's just, it was so weird. Because then you're like, oh, and now we, we plan a funeral. And where do, what do we do with the body? And like, do we have to buy a burial plot? And like, how, like, okay, we, well, we can't go to school tomorrow. Like, do we have to like notify the people? Where do, like, how are we going to go on for the rest of our lives? Um, dealing with that so young, like this very permanent decision that someone had made without any concept of how long life is, was just such a trip for me. I was like, oh, I never get to say I'm sorry. I never get to like grow up with her. Like she's stuck forever at 13. Um, and I think knowing knowing that has shaped pretty much my entire life, my entire life from that point. It's, it's very much like a before and after catalyst. And uh, it took me probably about four or five years to even go to therapy for it and to realize like the actual lasting effect. Because um, for a long time, I was just very much in denial. I did a lot of drugs. I drank all the time. I dropped out of college. I worked a dead-end job. Like I just had no direction whatsoever in life. And it was just so depressing that I was like, okay, well, I can't, I'm like, well, I was like 20 at the time. I was like, I can't, what am I going to do? Spend the rest of my life, like feeling like a victim and that this isn't fair and life shouldn't be this way. And so I really was like, okay, like this, maybe this is my purpose now is to like help people not get to this point where, you know, they feel so lonely and so upset that they do kill themselves. And suicide is the highest, uh, second highest cause of death in teens, second highest. It was like third highest a couple of years ago and it, it jumped, um, and, which is just so sad. Because as you know, and I know now that we're older, it's like, oh, no, life goes on. Like, whatever you were upset about at 13, you laugh about now. Like, it seems ridiculous. Um, And so, yeah, it's just kind of become my main, just my main thing in life of like, if I can just help one kid not do that, then at least I also feel like a little bit of a, you know, a redemption punch in my punch card of guilt-free zone. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Like, I know you have before, but still, like, I appreciate it and... I, I can't imagine, you know, with with your approach to dealing with it as well, it's like that feeling of like that regret or like, I wish I didn't say that the last thing I said to that person. Or yeah. like, I wish I could have said this, I could have said that. And that's what obviously led to your book. Yeah. Right. Where you look those letters back. What's your advice to someone who, who has lost someone? You know? Well, I did one group therapy session and there was a man there. He was like in his fifties and he'd lost his mother to suicide when he was five And he was like, you know, everyone says that time heals everything and that you're going to move on and you're going to be fine. And he's like, the truth is you never get over it. You never fully move on. And he was like, I'm 50 years old. I've been dealing with this for 45 years, you know. And he was like, every day I still think about my mom and, you know, why she left me. And I think that 
was the best advice someone gave to me because there is this feeling of when you move on, like you're like, oh, is this a bad thing for me to do? Like you don't want to forget that person. You know, they were important to you. You loved them so much. And, but you also don't want to be stuck in paralyzing grief. And so I think that advice helped me realize like, oh yeah, I'm just going to carry her with me forever. And it's sort of a roller coaster of days I feel close to her and days I feel like very distant from it. And that has given me a lot of I don't know, like a lot of relief and a lot of comfort mm. that no matter where I am in relation to her, it's okay. It's just part of it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not judging it and being like, oh, it's been three years and I have to have moved on or like that kind of pressure that's sometimes there either way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And and in terms of like someone who's someone who's listening and watching and like, and I'm sure, and I want to get onto this, but in terms of people who are listening and watching right now and have contemplated suicide yeah. or people who are listening and watching and have thought about it or planned it. What, what's your take to them? Because I know you've shared yeah. insights and approaches before. I think it's really normal. And I feel like it's unfortunate because we act like it's not normal. Mm. And it, I think, I think it's two or three times in your life. If you feel like you're really suicidal, that's a normal thing. Mm. Um, and we, as a society really shy away from that. We don't know how to deal with it. We don't want to deal with someone else's discomfort on that level. We don't have the tools or the, or feel equipped to handle that in any way. And I wish there was more education on that, like from a younger level, from our parents, from our friends. Cause I've had maybe about two moments in my entire life where I've had a plan and I've been like, I want to kill myself. And in talking to a few of my friends about it, they actually made things worse because they didn't know all I needed was the validation that like, Hey, you're loved. I want you to stay here. Like, it's okay for you to feel this way. I'm here for you. Let's do this. And instead, you know, friends would understandably like internally freak out and not know how to deal with it and be like, you're stressing me out. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Like go, go talk to a therapist or something. Um, and so I feel like if you are struggling with it, just knowing that it's normal and like to seek help from people who are hopefully qualified to help you and or to confide in someone who you feel like has a has the tools to deal with your emotions. Mm, I love how you're normalizing it. Yeah, that's that. I've, I've, I've not had many people say that before at all. And I think that that's a really unique approach. Yeah. In just saying like it's normal. You're going to think about it. Yeah. So don't overthink the fact that you're going to think about it. Figure out. And, and I love that advice to people who are dealing with it, too, of just letting people know that their presence matters yeah right that they're loved like something as simple as that yeah because I feel like most often when you are feeling that way you just don't feel like anyone loves you not even yourself and mm. so it's like you just need someone to reassure you that you're they love you and they want you here and you're like okay and that like they're here with you to go through it like that's all I ever want when I'm when I'm at that place mm. and that's what's helped you personally yes who have been those people in your life that have that have kind of stood that for you uh, I've been in therapy for 10 years. <laughs> His name's Andrew. Mm. Um, he's awesome. He's also like this much older man. He's like in his, I think he's almost 70 now. Yeah. yeah. But he has such beautiful perspective on life, you know, and he'll tell me stories about when he was 20 or when he was 30. And, and I'm like, oh man, you've like lived it. You've like done it all. And he's been on antidepressants. His, his wife was suicidal at some point. And so with him, it was, I kind of realized like, oh yeah, it is really normal for like, us all to go through this and he'll often I mean without giving away confidentiality he'll tell me about like his other patients who have had sure. such and such experience and this and this experience and you're like yeah okay we're all going through it together like you you don't have to feel like you're alone in this mm, absolutely yeah and I've also had that experience of there are some people who are like oh that could never be me Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're listening to this right now or watching this right now in your head, your mind's tricking you and going, that can never be me. I can yeah. never be in that situation. It's it's good to let go of that thought because 
often you can find yourself like I remember that when I used to say to myself like oh I can never be depressed yeah like it can never happen to me and then when I experienced depression I was like oh wow like, you know it was, <laughs> yeah I was like crap you know you yeah. know and it, I mean I didn't say that because it was a lot more painful but it's interesting how sometimes the things you think are never going to happen to you or you're stronger than that yeah it's actually leads to it yeah sometimes. I think resistance only makes you, it makes it like come back so much harder for you. So mm. it's like, just let it be, just let it pass through you and breathe through it. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Re- very refreshing advice. Of course. Yeah. Amazing. No, really, it's really good to get your perspective on it because I feel like you just, when I, when I view you and I listen to you, I'm just like, you've really like got the pieces of your life in place to support you. Mm-hmm. And, and I love seeing that. Like, you know, you're like, I've been in therapy for 10 years. Like I've got yeah. my friends, I've got my work. You're like, there's parts of your life. It's almost like, and, and the list that you made, you're like, this is what I'm going to do this year to yeah. get over this. Like, I, I, I'm fascinated by your mind. I, I wish Thanks, we could Jay. just, I wish we could just like break it open and just, just look at it, which, which, is, which is the introspection part. Yeah. I love that. How much of you, how much of your creativity beyond your videos and your online show, like so into your movies and the work, that you've, how much have you brought your own perspectives and how much oh, have man. you been bringing every, into every, your roles of, and into your... Yeah, I think I, I always feel like I'm insecure that like, oh, all I can write about is me or all the shows I make are just about my sister. Um, but, you know, I guise them in like sci-fi or this funny high school thing. Um, but I think everything comes down to perspective. You know, that's what we buy into. That's what we love. Like people love your perspective. You were like, I was a monk for three years and like I lived this lifestyle and this is like the knowledge and the perspective I have to offer the world. And as someone who's consuming them, like, yeah, like I want to know what you know as being a monk and being in this person. And for me, that, that perspective has always been death and like suicide in particular and what it feels like to be like, oh, I have failed. My literal job as an older sister was to take care of the younger ones and I have failed, or at least, you know, me feeling that way. Um, so yeah, I would say um, perspective is just a hundred percent in every role and every show that I have worked on ever since. And, and I'm sure your work has led to people messaging you saying that you've stopped them from committing suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? always like And I'm the sure most that people have messaged you and said, Anna, you got me through this tough time or you helped me through a breakup or my divorce. Tell me about some of those and how that's helped you in, in your progress or your journey or your healing. Or- yeah. I mean, seeing it on a, on your phone or on the internet is kind of like, it's cool, but then you don't really understand the impact till someone says that to you in person. Mm. So like the first time I ever realized like, oh, this does matter. I was at like the DMV renewing my license and this 16 year old girl screamed from like across the DMV and started charging for me. And I was like, oh my God, like, is there, is there like a shooter here? Like what's going on? And she just like came up to me and was like bawling. And she was like, I was ready to kill myself last year. And I saw your video saying, you know, please don't. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and I, I, I vowed to myself, I would never put my sister through that, or I would never put my parents through that. And she was just like shaking and crying. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like, I'm not exaggerating. You're the reason that I'm alive. Cause I was ready to like drink bleach or some scary horrible thing and yeah I mean that validates my entire existence honestly Mm. um I felt so grateful that like oh my god like you can put a message out there you can be a voice and it also made me wonder like if YouTube was something my sister had watched like would she have killed herself like if she had Grace Helbig or Liza Koshy or someone that she connected to so she didn't feel alone like could that have saved her life and it's proven time and time again and I'm sure as you meet people at conventions or I do you're like yeah oh my god like my words my actions they have power and I have to wield that in incredibly responsibly um because 
you can save a life with it. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and whether that's one or a million, yeah, it matters. Like yeah. on every level. Yeah. Like whenever someone's like, oh my, well, my voice doesn't matter. It's like, well, actually, everyone's voice will save at least one person. Yeah. Or will connect with at least one person. And I think that's what what we need is when we realize that our words, actions, thoughts, behaviors, energy is is impacting even the immediate people around yeah. us. Yeah. Mark Plyer, I was on. Do you know Mark Plyer? He's mm, I don't know him personally, but I know he's, he's a lovely man. He had this beautiful story. We were doing a mental health panel together and uh, he told this story about like this young kid was on the beach throwing like washed up starfish back into the ocean and this old man was like, why are you doing this? Who cares? Like you come out and you do this every day. Like who cares about this starfish? And he, and he like picks one up and throws it back in. He goes, that one cared. And you're like, oh, <laughs> it's true. All yeah. it takes is like one, you know. And yeah. now I can't even like kill a bug without feeling. I was like looking at a gnat today, and I was gonna kill it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, just is it really matter? It's just a small little living being. Like he can just live with you in this plant. It's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can relate. I just got back from India. Anytime I'm in India, yeah. oh, the bugs. Crazy, oh, like yeah. I just let my wife deal with them. Yeah, like it's her job. Like I'm like, nope, can't do it. I can't do it. There's a cockroach yeah. in there. Nope, can't do it. Like, <laughs> it's over to you. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm the worst when it comes. No, yeah, no. Beautiful, beautiful story, yeah, and, yeah. and definitely the reality of it. I feel like a lot of us. I think a lot of people today, especially with social media, etc., we question like, oh, like how many people could I affect, or how yeah. many people can I impact? And it's almost like just recognizing that when you can impact one person deeply, that's going to give you all the confidence, all of the trust in yourself that you need yeah. to recognize that's all it takes. I mean, Margaret Cho is the entire reason I'm here. I saw her perform comedy on Comedy Central and I was like, oh my God, she looks like me. I can do that. Also, like for 30 minutes, I've forgotten my sister is dead. What a beautiful gift. And yeah, all it takes is one, just literally one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you're that one, well, you are that one. <laughs> Uh, everyone listening and watching, be that one. Yeah. Yeah, just be that one. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. I want to dive into some of your videos. Sure. Because this is where I want to dive into your expert mind, your insight mind, because I think there's just so many great things people can learn from you. Every time I watch you, I'm like, I learn something new. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I picked out a few of my videos that I love of yours. Uh, one of the ones was being jealous of other people's success. Yeah. And I really want to talk about that one because I think that that's such a big thing right now. Yeah. That feeling envious, feeling jealous, com competition, uh, comparing yourself to other people is just yeah. such a big thing that we all share whether you're a creator or not it's it's just there so you said something in there you said you can decide whether jealousy turns into insecurity or ambition mm. and i love that Thank i was just you. like so true so speak to us about that yeah i mean as you know we live in a very competitive environment especially being creators and now that we have social media you're constantly looking at everyone's highlight reels and you feel unworthy and insecure and insignificant and for me i, I I think I realized it when I had expressed good news to a friend and she responded like, oh, great, that's good for you. And I felt like, oh, she's not actually happy for me. And then at the same day, a friend had expressed great news for me. And I was like, oh, great, like wonderful for you. <laughs> and so in one day I was on both sides of the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, this, neither of these serve me. Like I'm being a shitty friend. And also I am having a shitty friend, like interact with me at the same time. And so that, I think that was the moment that it clicked for me was like, if someone has a success, like they can't take that away from me. You know, I'm not taking that away from them. And the mantra that I have actually up in my bathroom is like, what is mine will find me. And it, it is true. It's like, if something is meant to be yours, it's going to find you. It's going to be yours. Nothing 
nothing and no one can take that away from you. If, if someone has success, that was always meant to be theirs. And once I was able to make that mind shift, like I was able to celebrate in other people's success even more and then be like inspired by it and motivated, motivated by it and be like, well, how can I learn? Like, what'd you do to get there? You know, rather than just being like, oh, great. Good for you. Well, maybe you were just lucky. Maybe you just work harder than I do. Maybe I just suck. Cause I was like, this is just a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I love how introspective you are though, because you could spot the same thing happening both yeah. from you and someone else. Yeah. <laughs> and I think often we only amplify the part where our friends are like that to us. Yeah. And it's really hard to be like, oh, wait a minute. I was just like that. Yeah. Right. Like re realizing that we both experience both mm -hmm. most of the time. Yes. Right. It's rarely one way. No, it's never one way. Yeah. 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 We have it too. No, I love that. And, and you said that, that. We were mentioning it earlier that sometimes you make videos because most of your videos, like my real scenarios, real yeah. situations, and then your friends see that they were in them. Like, tell me how you're dealing with that. So usually if you're my friend, a lot of my friends just know like, oh, if you have an altercation with Anna, it's probably going to be on the internet at <laughs> some point. Um, but I have had friends who are very upset about that. So, you know, obviously it's a three minute video. I have to simplify some things. Otherwise it becomes like a he said, she said complex thing. And normally I just try to extricate whatever learning I had from an experience and recreate that in the most accessible way. But I have had friends who are not friends anymore specifically because of a video hurt their feelings. Um, and I don't think it was just this one video that ended the friendship. It was, you know, a lot of other factors, but the video is usually what cinches it. And so I've kind of sort of strayed away from talking too much about my personal experiences and, and much less than I used to because I don't want to I don't want to be insensitive and I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Mm. I've been the subject of someone else's art and I know how incredibly violating it can feel when that person is expressing their point of view, but it also hurts you and feels unfair and feels like you don't get the chance to say something back to that piece of art. So it's been a weird balance that I've had to find over the last couple of years of like, what can I talk about that is still meaningful and give something to the world but doesn't hurt the feelings of the person I experienced it with yeah definitely and I feel I feel like when I watch your stuff it's that balance between generic and specific yeah like it's a specific issue but it's almost like a generic person like yeah it could have been anyone who, who acted that way because we we all have this in our friend groups and and the strange thing is and I love that you give people a choice between you can either respond with insecurity or ambition. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that what happens is when you respond with insecurity, you end up pushing that relationship further away. Yeah. Like the person who's receiving that is going, I don't want any more. I can't share my greatness with this person anymore yeah. because I'm going to get that negative energy. And then you end up pushing that person away. Yeah. Have you experienced that before as well? Either way? Yeah, either way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I had a friend who anytime I told her good news, is she her automatic response was, fuck you, with a smile. And it, I was just so like, this, that, you keep saying that every time. And I was like, this hurts my feelings. Like, can't you say like, that's great for you? Like, I work mm -hmm. hard, you know? Um, and she just couldn't be that person for me. So finally mm -hmm. you kind of realize like, oh, like emotional support has to go both ways. And she, she would often tell me like, well, you know, we're going to be friends forever. So it's fine. Like, you just have to accept me for who I am. And I'd be like, no, actually, I don't have to be your friend forever. If you're not going to emotionally give me what I'm asking you for, then I'm sorry. Yeah. And I've also been that person where, you know, maybe I'm not fulfilling someone in, in the way that they need to be. Or I know I have a tendency to be very like, um, I have a, a fear of being a burden and therefore I become a burden okay. <laughs> to like fulfill that fear. <laughs> so I'll just like bombard that person with like every update about nothing. Um, they're like, okay, calm down. Uh, so yeah, it's like a fun, weird balance of like trying to recognize what you can improve in yourself, but then also realizing your boundaries with other people. I, I really like the point. Do we end up fulfilling? 
filling our fears. Oh my God, so much of the time. Yeah? Tell me about it. I think so. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you, but I want to hear your perspective. Well, I think I I always thought I have a very fine line between intuition because I have a very strong intuition Mm -hmm. and manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I often get them confused where I'll have a fear that I then am just moving into like, I'm actually manifesting my fear instead of this being like an intuitive thing that I know. And I think they feel very the same. So it's hard to figure out which one they are. But with certain people in my life, like I had an ex where I was always like, you're going to leave me. And he'd be Mm. like, what? Like, what what more can I do? Like, I live right across the street from you. I'm not (laughs) going anywhere. I'm like, no, I just know, like, you're going to leave me. And then I'm going to be sad and da, 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 da. And I would talk about it all the time. And of course what happened, he left because he was so much like, I'm tired of you not trusting me and acting really mean towards me because you think I'm going to leave. So sure, I'll leave. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found a lot of moments in my life where I'm like, hmm, maybe if I like stopped believing in that, it wouldn't have come true. Yeah. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that. Yeah. So I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> I've had girlfriends before where, which were always like that with me. They were just like, no, but like, you could be doing this or you could be, and I'm like, no, but I'm here right now. Yeah. Like I'm choosing to be here with you. And and that was one of the most beautiful things that I fell in love with my, with my wife mm-hmm. because she was one of the first people that I ever met that was just very self-assured, very confident, but not in an arrogant way and, and just kind of let me be and yeah. just trusted me. And I, and I love that because when someone trusted me, it's like I wanted to live up to that trust. Yeah. Like I wanted to, I wanted to earn that trust back. I didn't want to exploit it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what I loved about being trusted. And so I I totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay, next video that I pulled out. This is great. The next video that I put out, and I love this because you you made a video called Why You're Angry or Upset for No Reason. Mm -hmm. And you say it's often about having poor boundaries, emotional, physical, spiritual, etc. I I love that point. Thank you. Let's dive into that one. I overcommit. And then I'm very angry at everyone who I've said yes to, uh, which is bullshit because it's like you're the one who said yes. You have no one to be mad at but yourself. Um, And so now I'm realizing like, in the moment, if it feels wrong, it's just it's a, say no. It's mm. always better to say no. And then, you know, maybe if you want to later, you come back to it later. But, you know, I, I have a lot of pent-up resentment of like, why did I agree to all of these things I didn't actually wanted to do, but I wanted to be nice. So I said yes, and now I'm stuck doing them. Um, and so boundary implementing has been really hard for me, but I'm learning it. I'm learning it. <laughs> me yeah. too. Yeah. And that used to be it for me. Like, for me, it was being seen as nice in the moment. Mm. Like, I didn't want someone to think that, oh, Jay, thinks he's special or Jay's got more important things to do so I was like I want to be seen as nice and I want that that moment of them saying oh Jay thank you like you're so kind and then like a week later I'm dreading it like I'm just (laughs) like oh look at my schedule it's so bad yeah Yeah, and I think setting boundaries and and writing them down about what your boundaries are and how you make decisions I always say to people like have decision making criteria so that you can make intuitive smart decisions in the moment Mm -hmm. like having a checklist of like does it serve this or does it serve this it just Mm -hmm. makes it easier yeah rather than if it's just a free-for-all i remember a few years ago when i started first getting invited to speak internationally i'm same with you i'm sure like when you first get that like outpouring of like come and be a part of this and be a part of this i was like traveling internationally across the world doing crazy schedules yeah and and it was hard like it was tough like i was getting tired and 
I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was even giving my best everywhere that I was. Yeah. And then you're like, then you don't like yourself even more. Yeah. Right. And then you're like just angry and bitter. And yeah. And you're like, I, the thing I love is now the thing I hate. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. causing me so much anxiety. Exactly. And you're so right. It's just up to us. Yeah. Are it's you up, better at that now? I am. Yeah. I've, I've improved a lot. Oh, good. And I think I still got a long way to go. Like, yeah. but, but I have improved a lot. That's good. I've definitely got much better at knowing what my criteria are. My intuit and, and I want to dive into this because you mentioned it and I love hearing that like intuition has been such a strong part of my whole life yeah and that voice has been so strong and even now just the other day I was on a phone call with my team and I said to them I said my learning here is my intuition was right three months ago and I let I let your I let you all lead me and like I just want to go back to saying that next time we're in this situation I just want to trust my intuition yeah. again right like that's I was a lesson just, you have to learn so much so much right like yeah. especially uh-huh. how have you strengthened your relationship with your intuition I'd love to I'd love to know oh, I used to have the strongest intuition before adulthood it was mm. cra- I would dream of places before we moved there um, I've had like really weird premonitions about stuff like there was a time where I was very convinced like I am a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would just, I would just know things. Oops. When you say in that voice, I believe you. Thank you. Yeah, twenty five dollars an hour. Come on down. Um, but it, I sort of lost that voice along the way by like constantly denying it, you know. And I think like overworking was a big thing because my intuition would be like, "You're tired. You need to stop doing all of this stuff. You need to recharge. You need to go out in nature." And I'd be like, "No, I have to stay up till three a.m. and answer every email in my inbox because that's what makes me a professional." And it was only a couple of years ago where I was like, "Oh." there's so many things that went wrong and caused me pain that I totally knew were going to cause me pain if I had and if I had just listened to that voice and avoided them I wouldn't be in this situation now and so now I ask myself every day like is there anything I have to do is there any message I'm supposed to receive and sometimes you know Sometimes I'll deny it. Like my intuition, my intuition will be like, go to the beach, and I'll be like, that's really far. Can I go anywhere else but the beach? And they'll be like, fine, just go to a park, just be in nature for like thirty minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, or sometimes it's like, hit up this friend you haven't talked to in twelve years, and I'll be like, okay, and I'll text her, and we'll have like a good conversation, and I'll find out something I needed to know. And so now it's just <clears> I think <throat> about getting quiet and still, and really asking yourself. Um, what you're supposed to do. I also yeah. read a book called Practical Intuition by um, Laura, shoot, what's her last name? Laura Day, I think. But she has uh, like exercises you can do to increase your intuition. Ooh, yeah. I like that. And she's like the most world-renowned famous intuitioner. Like people would give her envelopes full of stuff and she'd be able to like say what was in them or their people's relationship to them. She was incredibly good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I love, I love yeah. that stuff. I love talking about intuition. And, and it's nice talking about someone who's someone who who feels they've had that yeah. strong relationship because that's the same for me I feel like my intuition has guided all my best decisions in life yeah. it's constantly what I've turned to and you're so right I, you've raised this and I I've never heard anyone say that before like you're saying like how hard work and actually overworking sorry that's what you said mm. you said overworking can start blocking your intuition yeah and you're 100% on the money that is mm. so right yeah that is so right I've never heard that before but it's how, spot on how do you improve your intuition I always like to know yeah, I, I think for me, it's been first thing for everyone out there who doesn't even know what their intuition is. Yeah. And, and that's what I think. I only realized my intuition was my intuition after a long time. Mm. And what I did, one thing that really helped me strengthen my intuition as I looked at all the best decisions I made in my life, not based on the result, but how I felt when I made that decision. Mm. And that's a really important thing. I think people think their intuition's right when they get the result they want. Mm. And that's not true. Intuition's right about when you feel you made the right decision in that moment. Mm. And so I look back at all 
the decisions I made and I looked at the patterns in my intuition mm. and I noticed that every good decision in my life was made with the same environment, the same energy, the same thing. So I'll give you an example. Like, uh, taking a gap year before I started university was one of my best decisions. It was completely against what all my friends did because all my friends went directly to university. It was something that I felt I needed to do spiritually. It was a spiritual decision. And and the third thing was that no one agreed with me. Like my parents were like, this is a bad idea. You should go straight mm. Asian parents. So, and then, I, and then I looked at my next best decision, which was becoming a monk. It was a spiritual decision. Everyone was against me. Like everyone was like, <laughs> don't do this, you're crazy. And all my friends were starting work. And so I started to notice that anytime I do anything that it's spiritual, everyone's against, and most people don't agree with me, is yeah. usually the right choice. <laughs> so I started to recognize that my intuition yeah. even had a pattern. Like my intuition had some, uh, my intuition had its own philosophy and ideology. Oh, that's fascinating. That, yeah, that really, really helped me. And the, Yeah, so that was one thing, like just mapping it. Yeah. And I did the same for negative decisions, bad decisions. And I started to see patterns in all my bad decisions. So I call it like a karma code. It's like, I, I believe that all of us have, and that doesn't mean that those things apply to everyone. Yeah, That's just my intuition's philosophy and, yeah. and guide. And that's really helped me. And the other one I think is like what you said, just listening to it more, like stop telling it to be quiet. Yeah, Like when it's shouting out to you and it's screaming out to you and you're like artificially just trying to squash it away because you think there's something more important. Yeah. And I think just listening to it and, and just like a friend, like if you listen to a friend more, they get closer to you. Yeah. Whereas if you ignore your friend, like they're going to be far away. And yeah. Intuition's either a friend or, or not a friend. And so for me, just listening to my intuitions really, really helped. And, and then having moments like this, like I was talking about the other day, when I recognized I should have followed my intuition three months ago, and then writing that down and going, mm. like, how did it feel when I ignored my intuition? Oof. Like, you know, like, it's how did so it feel? Hard. And just being aware of, like, yeah. hey, I'm only in this position because I chose to be led by someone else's intelligence or someone yeah. else's ideas as opposed to my intuition. That's always so hard. I've had that lesson so much, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's hard because when you're an introspective person, you're like, well, am I actually like putting forward my intuition or am I just being difficult? You know, <laughs> and, and like you want to find that balance, but every decision I've ever regretted not following my intuition, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know what that feels like next time, next time. But then yeah. when everyone's telling you like, no, listen to us, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We're smart, Jay. Yeah. You're like, yeah, okay. All right. I guess I will. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, I experienced, I need, to, yeah, I've got so many things to talk to you about in that whole yeah. book. I've, I've done that so often because I also feel like I'm common. Like I never studied media. I never studied yeah. film. I never studied anything that I currently do in my life. And therefore, I sometimes trust that people who have know more than me about what's no happening. Yeah, right. And it's, it's like you have that trust based on your intelligence. It's like, yeah. yeah, that person has a degree. They've done this for yeah. 10 years. Like they're an agent or they're a manager or they're whatever they are. Yeah. And like, they're smarter than me in this field. So I should trust them. But then I realized <sighs> that, right? Yeah, so much. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not saying they're not smart people. They are. But I think if you have a strong intuition, it's just a smarter guide. I agree 100%. Yeah, we've got to have more intuition conversations. Yeah, we've got to boost each other. Yeah. we've got to we've got to be each other's intuitions hype people. There you go. Yeah, listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we need that. I think even even a couple of days ago, we were we were on a flight, and one of my flights was delayed, mm -hmm. and I was meant to give a keynote somewhere, and I wasn't going to get there until like an hour before, and it was going to be a really long journey. I wasn't going to get any sleep, and then my my assistant Jess, she she said to me, she goes, Jay, trust your intuition on it. And I was just like, oh, thanks. Like, it was just so nice to hear that. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm not going. Like, yeah. because I'm not going to, I'm not going to perform the best. Yeah. I'm not going to give my best. Yes, I'm not going to make that much money, but that's not important. The importance yeah. is how am I going to feel when I get there? 
and and how am I going to perform when I get there? And both of those, my intuition was saying no. Yeah. And I felt like having someone around you who's just like, yeah, just yeah. just trust your intuition. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Anyway, okay. Last video I wanted to talk about. Oh yes. The one step to self love. Oh yeah. Because self love's like the theme of the year. Right? It really. Is. Yeah. Like <laughs> self love is the theme. We were just talking about that. Like it's so nice to see everyone around us. I feel having like self love, like practices and mm. beliefs and everything. Like where did. And you made the, you said it so openly. You were like, you only realized last year that you hated yourself. Yeah. Tell me about that journey. <laughs> well, um, I always thought I did like myself. Because um, I was like, why wouldn't I like myself? I'm great. Like, I have my stuff together. My career is fine. I help all these cats. I do all these <laughs> things. But then, like, I hated being alone. And I could not stand being alone with myself. And if I was alone, I had to distract myself with something like TV. Or I had to disappear into a book. Or I had to be doing some kind of activity that I could justify as productive. And when I really... Th- actually, the thing that I made me realize it was... Um, an ex of mine had made an entire album about our relationship. And in one of the lines, he's, he talked about, like, you're tough to love because you hate yourself. And I was oh. like, yeah, it hurt. But I was Whoa. like, ooh, that hurts because it resonates. And when I really sat down and be like, because I love feedback. Like, I'll, I'll take feedback and I'll sit with it. And I'll, like, be like, it, do, it does it ring true for me? And if it does, I want to change it. Um, and it did. It was like, oh, he's totally right. Like, I do hate myself on a very deep level. And I realized I had a very deep denial of clinical depression because I was just very tired of being the sad girl. Um, and, you know, people on the internet are, like, very surprised when you're like, uh, no, I deal with these things. So they're like, but you're so peppy two minutes a week that I see <laughs> you, you know? Um, and so, like, 2018 was a lot of deep diving into, like, why do I hate myself and how can I change that relationship to myself? And and really focusing on treating myself like I would a partner because I'm so good to other people and I'm such a shit to myself. Like, I will make the time for someone else. I will cook them extravagant meals. I will plan great dates. But for me, I'm like, ah, Postmates from, like, this one place is fine. Oh, I don't have to go out to, like, botanical gardens to, like, hang out or, you know, I don't have to take myself to this movie. I'll just chill out at home on the couch. And so the moment I really started treating myself like I would anyone else in my life is when I was like, oh, this is what love feels like from yourself. This is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't, I feel like when you're getting there, you also feel guilty at the beginning. Yes. Right? Like when mm. you're first being nice to yourself, it's like you feel guilty. I remember when I started booking myself, every time I land on a flight, I land off a flight, sorry, I book myself a massage now because I feel I travel so much. And the only mm-hmm. thing that helps me detox with the jet lag is getting a really good massage. And when I first started doing that, I was like, oh God, like this is so expensive. Like yeah. I shouldn't do this. Like, oh, I should just rough it out. Like I should be more, you know. Yeah. Have you ever felt that guilt? 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. You feel like you're being arrogant and like egotistical and narcissistic and like all these things that you're not being. You're just being kind and compassionate to yourself. Yeah. Where's a good place for people to start? Where should people start? I mean, like, I found journaling to be like the yeah. one way to figure, like more, have you ever done The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? Love it. Love Artist's Love Way. It. Yeah, Love yeah. Artist's Way. So yeah. I recently started doing it with a group of gals and in the morning pages is where I really discovered like how mean I am to myself and like the shit I say to myself that it's just like, I would never let a friend talk to me this way. Um, and so I started doing a lot of like very specific affirmational work. Like mm. I, Anna Akana, am blah, 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 blah. Um, and doing that over and over again every single morning, I was like, now when I'm out in the world and I'm making a decision, I'm like, no, because I am Akana and blah, 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 blah. So I'm not going to do that. I love it. Yeah. Do you have voices for different, like a voice for intuition and a voice for... Um, 
not affirmations or yeah. not? Do you, do you do characters into it or not? If I hear a negative voice now, like something that my dating coach actually taught me was, she was like, when you have a negative voice in your head, repeat that thought with like the dumbest voice you can imagine, like a goblin voice or like a, just a stupid, silly voice that'll make you laugh because yeah. then you realize how ridiculous it is. And so I'm a, I also do like a lot of voiceover for cartoons. So now like my negative voice just sounds like the dumbest little goblin. Um, so yeah, I'll like actively. Can you try. give us an example? I don't know. Like if I'm thinking like, oh, Anna, you're being like so self-indulgent right now and be like, oh, Anna, you're being so self-indulgent right now. And then I'll just like laugh because I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm not being self-indulgent. I'm just like taking care of myself. I love that. I think yeah. it's really important actually that we, as strange as this sound, give the voices in our head characters. Yeah. Because pers- like give them a persona. Yeah. Like with people in our life, we know what energy we like around us because of how they look, feel, emanate etc and with the voices on our head they all sound like the same thing yeah because we haven't given them a character right and so so i feel like even with my ego like i've always for years given my ego a character what's your character it's a snake right because i don't (laughs) because because ego is not something i enjoy in life i don't mean ego in terms of like self-worth and pride i mean the negative side of ego arrogance and narcissism etc so it's like this big snake and that comes from a uh, ancient monk tale that i that i know of where ego is compared to a snake mm. so i i recognize it as a snake and like i i don't like snakes like yeah. i don't want to be around snakes. no offense to anyone who has snakes as pets and stuff yeah. but it's not my thing so straight away when i visualize my ego in that way i can see that i don't want it in my life yeah right yeah. rather than when i hear my ego and then i hear my intuition and then i hear my manifestation and then i hear anna and then it's like oh well all of, wait a minute all those voices sound like the same person yeah that's yeah. that's a helpful tool visualization i think is so helpful mm. self-work is the hardest work man because it's all in your head you have yeah. to like literally sit there or like write stuff down and now i'm like oh i see why people take a long time to get to this yeah yeah exactly and but it's but it's so worth it and when i'm speaking to you i feel so happy because you're doing the work all the time i'm trying Mm. to do the work all the time too and it's you see the benefits of it like you can you can feel someone's energy who's doing the work yeah like it's just very apparent so it's it's beautiful to watch and i do think that this if if you've got if you're good at voiceovers do what anna does give a (laughs) voice to each voice in your head and if you don't have good voiceovers like me then then simply add a face or a visualization mm-hmm. to the voices in your head so that you can remember which ones they are. Mm-hmm. Like remembering like, oh yeah, that was my ego. Oh yeah, that was my intuition. Oh yeah, that. And then hopefully that will help. Yeah. I hope anyway. Hot tip. Yeah. I was going to ask, you mentioned you have a relationship coach, dating coach. Yes, what have I you do. learned from your... Uh, I've learned that I actually, even though I really want commitment, I am a commitment phobe. Ah. Uh, I Because I remember she was like, I think you have issues with commitment. I was like, no, I don't. Like, I'm ready to get married and like have kids and <laughs> three to five years and she's and she like listed off all the things that commitment phobes like have and I was like oh my god and she's like well all, you also constantly choose partners who have commitment phobia which means you're safely allowed to exist in a space of I want commitment from a person who will never give it to me because I'm afraid of it and secretly don't want it and it was just it was the most mind-blowing realization I had because I am so used to change and so the thought of being with one person forever is incredibly frightening on a deep level to me um and so working through that and even just like finally becoming aware of something that I never knew I had was like mind-boggling how how was it getting to that switch like you said like your initial response like no that's not me like I love commitment like how was that switch like when you could vocalize it to yourself and now obviously here like how was that process of switching over and recognizing I mean, it was, it's like when like someone told me I was Asian when I was nine, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense now. You know, and you're like, I don't have blonde hair like all of my friends. It's just like such a weird 
it's such a weird realization where now you see your entire life through this new filter and you're like, oh, I've had this issue I didn't even know I had. But then it's wonderful because now I can work on it and actually yeah. be like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? How can I actively change that? Yeah. Um, whereas before, if you're not aware of something, you can't change it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not doomed to repeat this pattern and go through my life thinking <laughs> I want something that I'm actually pushing away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least it's not this unconscious, unawakened approach. Now, yes, Where yes. you think it's happening to you yes. rather than from you. Right. It's like we're constantly thinking like, oh, no, but I'm with this person who doesn't want to commit. But actually you realize, oh, that's a reflection of of what I'm bringing into my 100%. life. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think that's the hardest thing for that was for me to, to get like everything you experience is like radiating back from you. Rupi Kapoor, Kaur, Kapoor? Kaur. she actually yeah. um, just released a, a, an amazing poem about that of like, how did I think that it was actually like you loving me? It was like a reflection of my love. You were just experiencing my warmth and sending it back to me. And I was like, oh, my God, this feels like so triggering and I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I love that concept. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think everything in our life is is reflecting back off of us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the reason why it's hard to notice is because the reflection we're experiencing now is from a crack from a few years ago. Mm. So it's like the reflection's not necessarily like in the moment now. A reflection can be based on a reflection that just took a longer time to to appear. Wow, interesting. And that's like, that's what makes it complicated, I think, for people because I think sometimes we're like, no, but I'm good now. Like, I'm yeah. just radiating good now. Like, why isn't good happening now? And it's like, well, because the radiation or the reflection is is sharing your journey. Yeah. Like, it's taking it time, right? Yeah. It's not just going to be instant. So, anyway. What a wonderful point. That's what I, oh. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. You, you're inspiring it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're ref reflecting. I don't know who's reflecting You're that. reflecting all this wisdom yeah, back yeah. to me. <laughs> awesome. I wanted to ask you this because I've seen that you love learning new things and you, mm -hmm. you try it. Like you've, you said vision boarding is a huge part of your life. You have a dating coach. Like what are you experimenting with recently? Like what is it that you're trying to learn? What are you experimenting oh, with? A mindset, man. a habit, a thing, a skill, whatever it may be. Letting go is a big, a big thing for me. Mm. Like letting go of, because I am such a, I have such a big imagination. I often fall in love with potential or uh, a story around someone that I've crafted in my head about that person and like not actually seeing my reality for what it is, but the story I've created about my reality. And so for me, it's like letting go and really seeing like what is true, not mm -hmm. what I want to be true and just trying to like makeshift that into what I'm seeing. I love that. Yeah. The difference between what is true and what I want to be true. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. It's and a that's a hard one. Yeah. And that's a great activity to do. I feel yeah. like just writing down your life of what you want and then looking at what it really is <laughs> yeah, like yeah. and be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, Where's the disconnect here? Yeah, 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 exactly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're just cuddling it. Mm -hmm. giving it a hug. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. I, I think that's such a such a brilliant point mm -hmm. to hear. And I'm glad. What am I currently experimenting with? Uh, I, I'm going to ask you about something that you're trying to learn soon as well. What yeah. am I experimenting with? I think I'm experimenting with with building the right teams around me, mm. like the right people around me. I don't mean in an energy way. I mean professionally. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm experimenting. It's like, who do I really need around me to get things to move forward in different areas? Like, yeah. how do you find and and I don't mean in a I don't mean in a material sense of recruitment and hiring. I mean in a sense of like, who do I feel like is working on the same mission and yeah. purpose? And how do you find that out about someone? you know, clearly, because I feel like it takes a while to really understand what someone's like mission and vision is in life and 
What and some people, people don't know. Yeah, some people don't know. Yeah, I always try to, I used to take like, uh, I mean, you know, being a boss can be very difficult. And sometimes when people want to move on, you like take it personally. And now I'm like, no, I'm just like a chapter in everyone's life. And if yeah. I can clarify where they want to get to or like give them some kind of, I don't know, takeaway value that's going to help them move forward into what they actually want to do, I'm cool. Nice, yeah. nice. But it seems like you have a great team here. I'm lucky. I've got a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very fortunate. Yeah, I've got a great team. And and like I said, I think it's been being patient. I, I always feel like if I don't trust my intuition, I end up settling. Yeah. So if your intuition is telling you to wait, it's better to wait than to settle. Because yes. when you settle, then you have to like get yourself out of that again. Yeah. Right? It's like another thing to get out of and let go of. Yeah. So I feel like with my team, I've just been trying to be intuitive and waiting. Even if I'm like, oh, I need this now. I need yeah. this person now. But it's like, no, let's just wait. You know, let's just wait. So that's helped me. Yeah, it's a hard one. Being patient yeah. in this day and age is very hard. Yeah. What do you? What have you done with patience at all? Or my one of my mantras is like, uh, the universe unfolds in perfect timing. Mm. And I'm like, it's gonna happen when it's exactly when it's supposed to happen. I don't have to worry about anything. And and one practice that Artist Way was it Artist Way that told me to do this, it, or I think it was asking it is given. Uh, you split a paper in half, and on the left hand side you write like everything I can do today to achieve my goals, and on the right side everything I want the universe to take care of. <laughs> and so I've been doing that every day, and I'm like, okay, like realistically I can do like two to three really big things every day, and everything else that uh, just you do it. Like yeah. here, divine, take it. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. I like that. What are your other daily habits or weekly habits like? that that have kind of become building blocks of your I mean I have a monthly habit tracker I don't know if you've had this it's amazing mm -hmm. I keep it in my journal and you write down all of the, the habits that you want to have on a daily basis and then you actually track them so mm -hmm. that at the end of the month you can see exactly what you're doing yeah and so for me that's been huge in cultivating like I want to be really good at piano so I have to practice at least 10 minutes a day I want to make sure I'm meditating every single day am I eating healthy that day like at the end of the I even have like a feelings tracker so like I'll do have you seen like the uh, emotional guidance scale they're yes. like the 22 emotions so I'll have those on there and every day like log which emotions I went through normally all of them but <laughs> you know to actually like really get clarity on on where I'm at yeah you're such a habit hacker yeah I love habits I love it <laughs> I love no it. but it's so awesome because I think this is the part that people miss yeah like not everyone gets to hear this about you or, or yeah. see this about you and it's just like you're so meticulous as intuitive as you are yeah and this is what I love like hearing you and that's what excites me it's like intuition and insight like yeah. it's both it's yeah. not like i'm just letting the universe decide what's happening in my life it's like no there's a there's an equal relationship mm -hmm. of my intuition guiding me and then also i'm being really insightful i'm being really like uh not mechanical but i'm being very meticulous in my attempt to become better yes and be better yes and i've been seeing your videos of you playing the piano oh yeah yeah it's fun you're awesome thank you my cats are slowly learning that if they go on the piano that they'll get pet and so i'm like oh i got to and stop you have it. how many cats i have five five i was gonna say yeah. four five cats yeah. what are their names uh i have lily jimmy abby congress and beetle i had ghost as well but she ran away oh no i know her name was Ghost, though. I know. Sounds she like ghosted. a ghost thing to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know probably everyone's made that joke. It's but, fine. But I had to I had to say it. Yeah. It's like the it's like the fulfilling your fear or yeah. fulfilling someone's name. Like yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know, I know. I was like, I should have named her Stay. Stay. Yeah, stay. That could be your next cat's name. Yeah. Are you are you planning on having more? No. Five's enough. Yeah. I mostly have accumulated that many because people have given them to me. Or really? like I've discovered them and been like, You are my son. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So people gift you cats? Yeah. That's like a responsibility. It's I know, like, I know. I trust me. I know. I was like, why did you do this? 
<laughs> now, now I feel bad if I brought you a cat. So no, like, don't bring me a cat. No, don't bring you. No, a cat. don't even bring me cat things. Like oh, people okay, give me so many cat things, I look like an insane person. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't buy this stuff. Have you? Have you? What have cats added to your life? I don't I have love pets. them. Yeah, I love them. Um, they're constant companions. I love also taking care of things. So I have mm. a lot of plants as well as a lot of cats. Mm. I love nurturing. Um, yeah, they're just awesome. They're like fun little yeah, creatures yeah. with their pets. own personalities. Yeah, they're my kids. Yeah, I've started to recognize that I like pets more. I guess coming, growing up in an Asian household, especially an Indian household, yeah. the closest thing you have to a pet is a fish. Yeah. And that doesn't quite count because there's, I don't know, I mean, fish are nice, but you don't necessarily... You can't you know, cuddle them. Yeah, you yeah. can't cuddle them. And then recently I've had... I've been going over to friends' homes who have like really cute little dogs, and I'm like, oh wow, I, you know, it's I, I see it, yeah. I see, it. and it's so interesting how when you've been closed off to an experience as simple as having pets or anything, yeah, you just don't know. Like you, you should get a couple cats. I don't know if I could do it. We got plants. Taking care of the plants. Cats are so gonna have babies easy. at some point. Cats are so easy and so great with babies. Oh really? Yeah. Cats are good oh, with cats are so good with babies. Oh wow, you're gonna have to convince my wife. Yeah, I'll let her know. Let her know. Let we'll her have to come over and play with the cats one day. Yeah, you should. That, that will help. They're so friendly and they're really? so sweet. And when you raise them, they kind of act like dogs in their own way. Really? Yeah. Like they get attached to you and they love you. And the thing I love about cats is like with dogs, they give their trust to everybody. With cats, you have to earn their trust. Ooh, and okay. it's like how you said with your wife, like you want to live up to that trust yeah. and take care of her. Yeah, and so like you're it'd doing... be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing all of those things for your five cats. Yeah. You're going to do it for five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's easy. It's not bad at all. I love they it. They sleep 16 hours a day. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And they get very buff while they sleep. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. Cats gain muscle in their sleep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they just like sit there. I had no idea. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I wish I could sleep that long. Sometimes. Yeah. They're also very intuitive animals. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. What? So, so that's, <laughs> now I'm like, Sorry. now I'm like, we're talking about cats. It's a cat yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I love that. Let's go back to some of those habits. I want to finish yes. off on a few of those habits. What are other habits that you're doing? The habit track is brilliant. I love that. I love habit tracker. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also do like, I mean, I'm a sucker for any kind of lists or bullet journaling. Mm. So I journal every morning, three pages, stream of consciousness, doing the morning pages like from Artist Way. I journal at the end of the day, everything that I'm grateful for. I try to think about like, oh, were there any things that I, I handled poorly today that I wish I could have handled better and like mm. visualizing how I would handle that. Um, and also just like trying to be guided by my intuition. Like if something goes off course or something pops up, like I used to get very stressed out if things are not going according to the schedule and according to plan. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this just means that this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. Um, but you know, also trying not to overthink and overdo the self work because you know, you can get a little bit too in your head about that stuff. And so trying to find a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That is a good point that it can lead to that. It doesn't sound like it has for you, but it can lead to that where you're like doing overdoing the work, yeah. getting too into it, overthinking it. One thing that's really helped me is is visualizing and intention setting for how I want to wake up in the morning. Yeah. So I found that I was uh, for a long time in my life I was waking up early, I was meditating early every day, but it's like I was tired. Yeah. I was energyless. I was forcing myself, and I and after a while you don't enjoy that. Like yeah. there's a period of change that requires it to be push force like a bit of effort etc and then after a while and so what I started to do is every night I'd go to sleep and obviously I was sleeping early etc but I was sleeping saying to myself like I want to I will wake up tomorrow feeling energetic healthy and happy nice. and, it's like, and then I felt that like when I would wake up and I was like I would wake up early enthusiastic to meditate etc so I was like setting and almost wiring my brain for the next morning 
And that was I working that. really, really well for me. I was like waking up and I was feeling all of those things I set my mind to. I love that. So yeah, that one, that one was a really nice one for me. In addition to everything that Anna said that I think definitely if you can get into habit trackers, like it would be a huge change. Oh yeah, habit trackers huge are amazing. They've totally changed the way I look at my days. Like now I'm like, oh, I can squeeze in 10 minutes of piano here. Yeah. And even just that is enough. Yeah. And yeah. let's talk about your music. Oh, yeah. You've got new music coming out this I year, do. end of I March. Do. I'm so excited. Thank I think you. you have an incredible voice. I I also love watching you make videos on Instagram with the piano, but I can only imagine what a song's going to sound like. Thanks. It's been fun. I mean, I quit comedy after 10 years of doing stand up. You've quit? I've quit stand up. Yep. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was, it was a really like weird decision, but intuitively it was time. It was just time. Okay. Comedy was a beautiful escape and helped me heal and was very cathartic. But I, I feel like, you know, we're in such a weird political climate now, society, and even globally, it feels like we're all sort of depressed. And what I think the differentiation between comedy and music is comedy is like, hey, let's forget that for a while. Let me make you laugh. Let me poke fun at some stuff. And music's like, hey, let's sit with that feeling and let's like really indulge it and like feel it and like let it pass through you and I don't know I just I with comedy I just did not like the environment that much anymore it's very negative bitter and resentful um the community is not very supportive um yeah, I didn't have like a good strong support system there. And also touring solo as a comedian is so lonely. Mm. Um, but touring as a musician, you have your entire band and it just felt like it was time to move on. Wow, I love yeah. that transition. And yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's almost like comedy was your part of your cure and and your growth, et cetera. And mm. now it's like you're switching over. And I and I I really I really identify with that. I think you're so right about having to feel stuff. Yeah. And having to heal it through feeling rather than just making a joke, putting it to the side, etc. Totally. Amazing. So where's your music being inspired by? Um, I actually wrote all this. The music is kind of what got me through last year, like through my right. breakup and like going through all of those complicated emotions. So it, it tackles a lot. Like something I've never really talked about is um, my issues with alcohol. I wouldn't mm. say I'm an alcoholic, but I definitely have poor boundaries with it. And I'm a lightweight and a people pleaser. So if people are offering me drinks, I'm like, yes, of course, I'll take anything you want to give me. And then before I know it, I'm like wasted and a mess. Um, and so this year I, I pledged to be sober for the entire year. Wow. Yeah. How's it going? It's great. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I started I actually in November because I was like, I don't want to do like the whole like January 1st thing. Yeah. And also if I'm a year sober, then I can drink next Christmas. Is like a glass of wine is a celebratory hurrah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but it's been great. I felt so much clearer and, and just better and have more energy and, and, you know being clinically depressed and drinking is a depressive so it's like you probably shouldn't mix those two as often as as you think you should wow i love yeah. that that's awesome yeah i haven't drank for 13 years wow so like, literally it's been like why'd you stop i was i was in one sense i describe it very similar to you so i was a social drinker i was a people pleaser i love drinking games yes i love the kind of like the, the competition between guys of like who could drink more and you know all that kind of stuff and so I had no boundaries I loved that way of putting it like just extremely poor boundaries with it and I was seeing it making me do dumb stuff mm. especially when I to be out I was doing stupid things that people wouldn't even think I would do now but yeah. trust me I was doing them <laughs> and I'm not proud of it at all and yeah. I was just like I can't do that like I'm disrespecting other people's property I'm disrespecting oh, other man. people yeah and it was like going and I would only do it in that when I was when I was drinking, yeah, and so I made a decision way before I became a monk, etc., to stop drinking alcohol. Then when I became a monk, that was one of the requirements. I was like, I'm already there, yeah. like I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> and then now I never went back because I never missed it. Yeah, and and I found I preferred myself always when I wasn't. 
So it stayed that way. And it was hard. Like I've worked, I've been to, I went to university like that, like yeah. sober. I went to new jobs, but I've just found it's been such a beautiful thing for me. So that's I, yeah, wonderful. I'm excited for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah I like that's it. amazing. It's been hard in social situations. So yeah, it's weird too, because if I go to like an event, like the bartender's always like, what do you want? I was like, oh, I don't want anything. And they're like, are you sure? We have one. We have be-. And I'm like, oh, I just have to be like, I'm sober. And then yeah, they're like, yeah. okay, okay, sorry, sorry. And then yeah. they'll leave you alone. But <laughs> even on flights, like if I don't say I am sober, they will keep offering me yes. drinks. And yeah. you don't realize like how ingrained it is until like you decide not to do it. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, whenever I go into a flight and... And someone's trying to be nice and polite or they, they recognize you or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got a bottle of champagne for you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I feel so bad too. Yeah. Like, it's like someone's trying to be nice. And then you're like, no, but I don't drink. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's true. It's in our society. And I think now, like you said, like we are getting to a place where there is more understanding and compassion and empathy and, and respect to people's boundaries. And yeah. Like you said, like people are not going to force it yeah. down <laughs> you. Well, no, that's cool. We, we can always hang out together at parties then. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're going to do for now. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Okay, so music. Another thing I wanted to ask you about it is what type of music is it? What genre is it's it? It's alt pop. Okay. So like in some of them, I'm sh- just straight up singing. Others, amazing. I rap. I rap quite a bit in you them. rap? Yeah, I oh do. Oh my God, I love yeah. it. It's my dream when I was 13 to be a rapper. So me, I'm fulfilling me that at almost 30. <laughs> you should make a rap song. I love it. It's so fun. Rap, pop, etc. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. pop. Yeah, it's like it's like kind of rock, rock pop vibes. Okay. Yeah. And you have a band? I do have a band. Do you play the piano? I do. Well, no, I'm not going to play the piano live because okay. I need to be so like good at the piano before sure. I do that. But yeah. Sure. Did you learn the piano when you were younger too, or this is all new? Uh, I learned when I was younger, but I learned in Japan, so I don't right. I don't remember anything because I could not understand what she was even telling me. Mm. So I've been learning now as an adult, and it's much easier. Nice. Yeah. I that's my biggest regret. I was forced to go to piano lessons by my parents when yeah. I was a kid. And I went and I was like, no, I want to learn the drum kit because the piano is oh, not cool. Yeah. So I learned to play the drum kit too. And then I didn't play instruments forever. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I could play the piano. I know. So I want to get, it's interesting that I, I liked when I heard that you were getting into music. It was like, for me, that was the same thing. So music was the biggest part of my life from 14 to 18. So yeah. I used to rap, I used to write music, uh, just in love with it. And then, it, then I kind of lost touch. And then it's been such a big part of my life. I want to re-explore. You should. So I need to ask you for tips of how you got back into it and like yeah. how you started writing. And if creating. you need some good producers, yeah. my producers Nietzsche and Shea at Jenga Productions are honestly the most kind-hearted, good people. I am so blessed that I randomly like started working with them first because I have so many musician friends who are like, your producers are unheard of just in terms of like how organized they are. Um, people in the music industry are incredibly flaky and shady and sketchy a lot of the time and I just got so lucky that I like worked with them first and have just it's just been such a great collaboration amazing yeah so excited yeah end of March yes no no names yet no nothing it's all Uh, the album's called Casualty okay yeah and it's gonna be a visual album so I have music videos for all 13 tracks that's so cool yeah I love it I can't wait and you said some are animated yeah a fourth are animated amazing because I love animation so excited yeah 2019 is gonna be amazing it's gonna be really great yeah. yeah. Amazing. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you're like, Jay, I really want to talk about this, but we didn't get to talk about it. There's something uh, on my mind. I mean, I guess I'm just wondering, what are your 2019 resolutions? Ooh. Like, what are you going to do? That's a good question. So, I'm launch- anyone who's listening to this already knows this, but I'm <laughs> launching this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I really wanted to build a deeper relationship with my audience. So, I love doing Facebook Lives. Mm-hmm. I love responding to comments. But I was just like, how do I really let someone into my 
thoughts, ideas and the thoughts and ideas of people that I love and admire and respect and and learn from too. Mm. And I and I just felt like I was like, how do I do that? And then a podcast is the form it's taking. Mm-hmm. But really for me, like I was sharing with you earlier, my goal was how do I deepen my relationship with already existing friends? Or do I how do I make new friendships with people like yourself through this medium? Mm-hmm. And then share that with this beautiful audience that I love and is so supportive of me and my work. So I always felt interviews a beautiful way of doing that. And so launching this podcast is a big part of my life this Yay! year. It's very exciting for me because it's... Uh, yeah, it's just that I love, I never wanted a follower to be a number. I don't see it as a statistic. I want it to be a relationship. And for me, that means me opening up more longer forms so that people can really dive into topics and themes and ideas. So that was one thing. Do you mean external resolutions or do you want No, to, I love, uh, no, that was great. Okay, it could cool. be anything you want. Yeah, yeah sure. So I'm, I'm working on my book. Nice. Yeah, which I'm really excited about because I've stayed away from it for so long because not because I didn't want to write one, but because I didn't want to write one for the sake of it. Mm. And so for so long, I was just like, let me really wrestle with this. And like, I've redone my proposal like three times over just because I was like, no, I, I need to understand. If someone's going to take out time out of their life yeah. to read this book, it's going to help them do the work and it's going to help to get them there. It can't just be, it can't just be like Jay wrote a book because he, because he can't, right? Yeah, it can't, it yeah. can't be like that. And I had to really want to, I really wanted to work through that. So I kind of feel like we're, we're at 90% stage of finishing off my proposal. So it's nearly there. Well, listen to your intuition. Yes. One of my regrets of my book is taking the advice of my editor and not listening to my intuition. So definitely Ooh. do not let your editor have the last word. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Okay. Because you'll think they have all the answers and then you'll, it's printed forever. And you'll always be like, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, I'm a sucker for experts too. So when Same. you, when you yeah. think someone's an expert, you're like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, good advice. Yeah. This is great. I'm getting, I'm getting counseled yeah. <laughs> by you. I love it. Uh, so that's, that's another huge focus for me to write the book this year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take out a lot of personal time. Uh, another one for, thing for me was to get away regularly with my wife. Yeah. So one of the things on my list was we're going to do more weekend breaks. Nice. So we started testing ideas last year. So last year we went to Palm Springs for the first time, which was beautiful. And so this year it's a real focus for me to have more breaks and rest time and refuel time. So 2016 was the year I first started making content and things broke through and a lot happened and it was amazing. But then 2016, 2017, I've never worked that hard in my life Mm. to really figure out what life was like as an entrepreneur, to figure out what life was like not having a paycheck, to figure out what life was like not knowing what you were doing and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And that was very much my 2017 and 2016. And then 2018 was incredible. And this year is really to almost own what's happened and then make it sustainable mm. like this is the year where it's like yes i've worked hard i've pushed hard i've i've gone through all those boundaries and broken everything that i needed to do and now i need to show myself even more rest mm. refuel time etc mm. so that's a big focus for me this year take more regular breaks yeah spend more time in nature on beaches uh you know all of that so we, we started the year spending uh, 30 days meditating in India like so I was away from everything and that was just amazing so I've only really started working in February and I'm already talking about rest so. yeah <laughs> rest <laughs> yeah. is important it is it, it really is. is yeah and it, it makes me more creative I yeah. I found like because I didn't think about anything and I love creating like for me this isn't work 
I love it. And same as uh, yeah. same with you. Like making a video isn't work for me. I love it. It's my passion. It's my purpose. But I was so much more creative when I came back because I didn't think about a video for three yeah. days. And I was just like, wow, like ideas are just rushing to yeah. me now, you know, and we've all experienced that. So I want to make more time for that to make space for inspiration to come through. Solid. So yeah, that's kind of what's happening this year. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, fingers crossed. And, uh, and yeah, I need all your positive energy and vibes sending it back yes thank you yeah i'm excited for the book i can't wait to read it yeah oh thank you yeah and it's yeah it's a big thing for me i definitely want to work on it but we end every interview with what i call the final five Mm -hmm. these are my final five fast questions okay so you usually have to answer in one to three words okay uh you're gonna be a pro at this okay this is like easy for you so (laughs) you can answer this with humor or seriousness where will you be in five years hopefully uh, that's really dark hopefully alive (laughs) That's uh, it's true. It's true too. Okay. Uh the best advice you've ever received. Uh it's gonna be fine. Nice. Worst advice you've ever received. It's not gonna be okay. (laughs) Uh people who make person who makes you laugh the most. Uh myself. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not that funny, but I crack myself. You are, you are so funny. You are (laughs) funny. I love that. And, and what's your current purpose? Like what's, what's mm. motivating you right now? What's inspiring you right now? What's, uh, spreading, what's... spreading light, I think, is my purpose. That, yeah, that has been really good for me. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for being you, Anna. Yeah, thank Genuinely. you for having and, me. And I really, and I mean this, I'm not just saying it because it's on the podcast. I'm saying this for real. You're someone that I would love to develop more of a relationship with in 2019. I love your energy. I love oh, your you light. And, and I feel it's so important for all of us who want the same for the world to stick together. Yeah. And that's been a big thing for me. Mm. So actually, I'd add that to my list of 2019. There's, there's a few people that I really want to deepen my relationship with because I feel like all of us together being friends for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of our life, yeah. like could make a huge difference long term. Yeah. So even if we, it's not about, and that's where it's, for me, it's like getting beyond the like, okay, how can we collaborate? What can we do now? But mm. it's like, actually, if we're just friends, like in 10, 20, 30 years time, that's going to make a huge difference for, yeah. for me personally. And for no, me. I love so, that. I love having yeah. friends too, who are very, yeah. who are very introspective and doing the work. So I also feel like when people are aware of themselves, they're even more aware of you. And I don't have a lot of friends who are willing to not like call me out, but be like, hey, I've noticed this. Like, is this a thing? Do I need to be concerned? Do I need to be worried? Or, you know, have that kind of open dialogue. Yeah, I love that. So let's get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's let's a good do thing it. For but thank you, Anna. Thank You're you the best. Everyone who's listening and watching, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode Hi. with Anna Akana. She's incredible. Anna, they can find you everywhere yes. under your name, but anywhere specifically? Uh, YouTube. Yeah? yeah. Find Anna on YouTube. We'll obviously have the link, etc. Please, please, please go follow her. Check out her videos. They're unbelievable. You'll just be watching them for hours and hours and hours laughing away. So, And I'm excited for everything she's going to do this year. So she's someone I fully support. So please, please, please fully support her too. Anna, thank Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jay. Thank you.